BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, and welcome back to the Balance Font Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host, Jordan Younger, and I'm so happy that you're here. I'm finally recovering from this two-week cold. If you listened to last week's episode, then you know from the intro, I was all nasally and could barely even talk. And in this episode with Carly, I think I was like, 80% better, but you can still hear it a little bit. And now I'm starting to feel so much more like myself. So I'm very grateful. And there's a lot of stuff going around right now, probably because we've all been inside for so long and are now getting back into the world. That's quite a bit more. Some of us, these things happen. It's like a, it's like a little kid going into kindergarten and catching every virus and every cold. That's kind of how I feel right now. Very raw and open. So if you're in the same boat, you're not alone. I know so many people who are not feeling so hot right now. And just take care of yourself. If you need that permission to stay home, be easy on yourself, take care of your body and your mind and your heart, this is your permission. Today, we have Carly Stein on the podcast. She's the founder and CEO of Beekeepers Naturals, which I'm sure so many of you have heard of. They're carried at Whole Foods, Erewhon, Amazon, all over the place. And they are a game changer product in the health and healing and alternative wellness world. I'm so happy that they were created. I've been using the propolis spray on my throat during this whole season of not feeling so hot these last couple weeks. And it was such a treat to get to have Carly on the show. We talk about everything from her health issues, which led her to creating Beekeepers Naturals, to her time in finance and banking, which eventually led her to creating Beekeepers Naturals totally separately from the banking world. We talk about our mutual spiritual practices, our plant medicine experiences, all about being a CEO and the different types of CEOs and the different types of leaders, which I really appreciated because I have a story in my head that always tells myself I could not be a CEO because I'm just so creative and I'm not always so organized. And she had a really good perspective. 
on this that I think will inspire everybody listening, especially if you have a big idea that you want to bring into the world. So I'm so grateful that we got to have Carly on the show. And before we dive into the show, I want to remind you, if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, then it helps the show so much for visibility and also just the support makes my heart really happy. So if you take the time to rate and review the show, send me a screenshot to jordanandthebalancemon.com so I can send you my Soul on Fire yoga ebook for free as a thank you. It is over 180 pages of yoga magic with yoga flows and my yoga story, yogic philosophy, basically everything you could ever want to know about yoga is in that ebook, which you will get for free. If you feel inspired to rate and review the show on iTunes and send me a screenshot to jordan at thebalanceblonde.com. Also, I just want to send everybody a little extra love today. I know there's so much going on in the world right now, and it kind of feels like If you feel anything like me and you are sensitive and emotional and highly, highly sensitive to everything going on in the world, it can feel a bit like waking up every day and seeing the energy out there and feeling the energy just feels like so much. It can feel really overwhelming. So again, giving you more permission if you need to take some time off of social media or not check the news for a period of time or ever you know, not encouraging you to not be informed, but not living for the news cycle, which is so toxic right now. And there's so much going on that I personally am really, really affected by. And I feel like a lot of other people probably are too. So I just wanted to give you all the permission to take care of yourself and send you some extra love. And if we could all just close our eyes for a second. And just send love to others in the Balanced Blonde community who are also listening to this episode right now. And then breathe in and feel the love that everyone is sending out, feeling it getting sent right into your heart and your soul. Soak it in. You deserve it. Everything it feels like. Hudson must have been into that little meditative moment because he just jumped (laughs) jumped on my back, jumped on the back of my chair. And Hudson is sending all of his kitty love to everybody out there. And so am I. And with that, let's get into this episode with Carly. You're all going to learn so much. Carly, I'm so happy that you're here. Where are you coming in from? Where, Where in the world are you? I am in New York right now. Oh, nice. And is this like your office behind you? This is so beautiful. Oh, thank you. It's right stationed at the windows. This is my home and my office. I work from home here. Uh huh. <laughs> yes, work from home life is the best. This is my work from home office, soon to be my baby boy's nursery. So I was just thinking this morning, am I just going to work at my kitchen table? (laughs) I'm not going to have an office anymore, but it's totally fine. I love all the natural light that you have. Yeah, this is, this building's amazing. And because it just all sides of it get a ton of light, but I'm on the rightest side, thankfully. And so it's, it's certainly a nice place to work from. And live. Yeah. <laughs> what neighborhood do you live in? 
I am in Union Square. Oh, nice. Love it. I used to live in the West Village and I miss it so much. So beautiful. I miss New York. It's probably been the longest stretch of time during this whole pandemic that I haven't made a trip to New York and I miss it so much. There's such a special energy. It really is. And it's really fun right now. You should come visit me. I want to. I would love to so much. We would have so much fun. I think I got to do it before this baby comes. I got to get, I got to get back to New York City. Mm -hmm. So yay. I'm so happy you're here. We've been kind of trying to plan this forever. We wanted to do it in person. And then it just seemed like that was not going to happen anytime soon. So here we are. And on this podcast, I love to start from the beginning and hear about where you grew up and what your childhood was like. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm so happy to be here and be doing this. But I grew up in Toronto, Canada, and I had a really great childhood. I have, um, you know, my parents were together for most of my childhood. They separated when I was 16. I have a little sister who's like my best friend in the world. And I had a pretty good childhood. I was always very industrious and very obsessed with the environment and bugs, actually. Um, it's kind of funny because like my first ever business venture was a caterpillar summer camp. And I would like go to my neighbor's yards with a mason jar and I would like knock on their door and um, propose that I can go to their yard, pick up their caterpillars, babysit them all day, and then bring them back at the end of the day to release them. Um, and that was my first business venture. So that's <laughs> so cute. Did you have a lot of neighbors that had caterpillars? <laughs> I did. I had like a weird amount of, of caterpillars that summer, I guess, but, um, got a lot of caterpillars. I think I mean, I charged like a dollar, um, per backyard and I think I like, accumulated 20 caterpillars. <laughs> that is amazing. That's so cool that it's been a lifelong passion with the bugs, which has turned into the bees, which we will get into. I love that. And what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be I went through a lot of different phases. Uh, when I, by the time I was in college, I wanted to be um, going to go to law school, and I thought I would sit on a research ethics board because one key thing for me growing up is I really struggled with my health. I had chronic tonsillitis, which tonsillitis is you know not all that rare, but I'm allergic to quite a few strains of antibiotics. So when it came to treating my tonsillitis, it was really challenging. So I would be sick for like two, three weeks at a time, um, very regularly. And I had a really hard time with medicine because I was just allergic to a lot of the different things that were available to me. And so I wanted to be a lawyer and then eventually sit on a research ethics board and work on like drug approvals. Wow. Did you end up doing that? Did you end up going to law school or you changed your mind? No. So I, when I, I went to University of Victoria, Love you, Vic. Great experience. And um, when I was graduating, I studied social sciences. So I did, I don't know if it's different in the US than it is Canada, but like that's just sort of like general science stuff, which was in line with like going to law school and doing a uh, biotech and that sort of thing. Um, but then one summer I did an internship at this foundation in New York. And what they had me do there was a big research project focused on prescription drug abuse. 
And after that, I got recruited. I that there was this hedge fund manager in New York who was looking for somebody to join in a research capacity. And he went to that foundation and asked about their interns and my name was put forward. And so I got this amazing job offer out of school and I ended up going into finance and I started my career in pharmaceutical research. So I was still working on that just from kind of a different angle. And by the time I graduated though, and had found B products, I kind of had this like dream I did not take a linear path. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, sometimes that's the best way to do it. You got to explore all the avenues and then end up creating, you know, this dream, which you absolutely did. So tell us more about the health issues that you were experiencing. I mean, you said chronic tonsillitis, which sounds so uncomfortable. I think I too, I had so many, I had strep throat in college probably 30 times which is so strange and so painful. So I feel you on those just weird kind of throat issues. Yeah, it was really frustrating. So I had tonsillitis and I would get it like, I don't know, every other month, maybe more than that. And I would get it for long amounts of time. And, you know, typically in my situation, you would just get your tonsils removed. But because I'm allergic to quite a few strains of antibiotics, it wasn't so easy to do that. And, um, basically from a really early age, I started to explore alternative medicine and, you know, also just with my allergies and food sensitivities and everything, I've always had to do a ton of research into whatever I'm putting into my body. So from a very early age, I just became like PubMed was my whole life. And I would just do like a ton of research on anything. I was always reading studies. And then I was you know, looking for anything that was exciting on the natural side that my body maybe would tolerate better. And I found a lot of amazing things. I also had a lot of frustration because although I found some great things and some things that like I, tools that I still incorporate today, I couldn't find anything that really did the trick when it came to addressing my tonsillitis, which is viral. And I kind of felt like, okay, well, on the natural side, there's nothing that's really delivering the results. And on the over-the-counter pharmaceutical side, it doesn't fit me at all. And I just kind of felt like left out of the conversation and sort of hopeless. So that was kind of my experience with my health growing up. And then that continued into college. And I did a semester abroad when I, in, in 2012, and I went to Europe and that was like my big trip I was so excited for. And when I got to Florence... I got very, very sick and I had really, really severe tonsillitis. I was having a hard time breathing and I was just like looking for anything to keep me out there because I I had missed, I had missed out on a lot because I was always struggling with this. So I went into a pharmacy in Florence and I riddled off my long list of allergies and spoke to the pharmacist for like an hour. And she looked at me and she's like, oh, you need propolis. And I was like, okay, what's propolis? And she's like, you know, the bees. And I was like, oh, so honey. And she's like, no, 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 completely different thing. Propolis also from the bees, not related to honey beyond that. Um, she gave me this tincture and I started using it. And then about five days I made a full recovery. And that was my first time having that experience. And then when I was in Europe traveling around, Europe's very progressive with wellness. And I, was just finding bee products everywhere. In Nice, I remember finding royal jelly supplements for brain. In 
uh, Copenhagen, I was finding these like multivitamin energy boosters with bee pollen and propolis was everywhere. And it was, you know, not just in the natural stores, it was in like mainstream places. And I started incorporating all this stuff and I kept using propolis and I didn't get sick again for my entire time abroad, which was like a first for me. Wow. That's amazing. I forgot we talked about this, that we both studied abroad in Florence, such a special place, right? Also I feel like- in Sweden, but I spent a ton of time in Florence because I had a friend there. Oh, cool. Okay. That's, that's such a good way to do it. When you have friends who are traveling at the same time, living in different countries or different cities. And it's such a, it's such an amazing time to find yourself and to find your passions. And I feel like the way that you found the bee products there was very destined and very meant to be. Do you feel that yeah. way? Do you feel like they came into your life? Most do. Oh, I absolutely feel that. And it was really interesting because, you know, even at that point, I had zero intention of starting a business. Like, I mean, I, I never thought that would be something I would do. But then when I came back to finish up college, I couldn't really find them anywhere. Like I found a ton of honey and manuka and that sort of thing, but I couldn't really find propolis. And I finally did find propolis at a farmer's market and it was organic propolis and it was beautiful. And I used it and I had a really severe allergic reaction. And um, at that time I was a TA for my chemistry class. So I ran a toxicity panel on the product I purchased and I figured out that there was trace amounts of pesticides. And then that got me to start looking into just like the structure of organic and specifically how it relates to bees. And the truth is organic is not, it doesn't have a lot of meaning when it comes to bees because they fly. You can't like fence them into an organic area. Even if they live on certified organic land, they can fly next door or a few doors down and get into non-organic flowers. And so that whole journey led me to beekeeping, which is one of my great passions. Yeah, I know. That's so interesting to think about. You can't regulate these flying creatures. You have no idea where they end up, really. So what brought you from that experience to then creating your now brand, Beekeepers Naturals? Yeah, so I mean, at that time, I couldn't find the more nuanced bee products. And when I finally found one source, it wasn't in the quality that was suitable for me to take. So at that point, I just kind of figured like out of necessity, if, you know, if I need to do quality control on this, I have to do it myself. And I have to beekeep in an area that I know is clean and pesticide free. And I have to like run this whole process. And so at first I was like, okay, well, I don't have a choice. I have to start beekeeping. And so I started attending uh, local beekeeping association meetings. I just went to the local chapter and I found myself a mentor and I started doing it. And that was when like this world unfolded and I started to, I mean, just the experience with bees. I don't know if you've ever been around hives, but it's very meditative, like the hum of the hive, the aromatherapy, just being around like the beeswax. I just felt very connected. And I also, again, because I was like, TA from my chem class. And I basically had like free run of the lab. I would go into the apiary and harvest all these bee products and then bring them to the lab and make the right extractions. And I just started making all these products for myself and zero intention of starting a company, even at that point, but I was healing myself and I made all these products that I just fell in love with. And I started sharing them with friends and roommates and Next thing you know, people were Facebook messaging me asking to buy, 
my like sore throat spray from my dorm room. And so at that point, when people started to share their experience with the products I was making and ask me to buy them and make them for them, I was like, huh, maybe this could be a thing. And maybe this can really help people. And this can kind of be, we can, we can change the conversation when it comes to medicine. And, you know, I spoke about how I felt kind of left out of wellness because nothing was really effective enough that I was finding. And then on the other side, I was really reactive. And so I was like, maybe this is a middle ground. Uh, So that was sort of the first moment where I was like, this should exist in the world and this can really help people. And it was interesting too, to just learn about bee products because we have a really longstanding healing history with bee products as humans. Like the first recorded human use of bee propolis dates back to 300 BC. So this is not new in a lot of ways. Propolis is, you know, what people were using for viral concerns and they were using a lot of the stuff before we had antibiotics. And then, you know, even in the 17th century in the London Pharmacopedia, propolis was listed as an official drug. And so all of these more medicinal grade ingredients from the beehive have a real ability to help us solve different problems, but they're just not really well known in North America. So I just had this dream of starting a company, but I was graduating with no money. I didn't study business and I didn't think I could do it. And because I was graduating with debt and I had this job offer out of school, I couldn't not take it. So I went into finance and went down that road. And um, I was at the hedge fund for about 10 months. And then I was recruited by a big bank and I joined that bank. And I was at Goldman for just over two years. And I was really, I had an amazing experience, but I, I really was unhappy. I was really struggling with anxiety while I was there. And going through that was a big part of pushing me to start my business. Wow. I know. That's so interesting how everything happens in chronological order for a reason. Even looking back, thinking, well, how was working at the bank related to what you're doing now? It really was because it showed you how much more you really needed these products. And also the anxiety and all of that, I totally understand. All right, let's take a brief interruption from this conversation with Carly to talk about Organifi, a company that I have been obsessed with since before I even had a podcast. So most of us could use more energy in our day, but caffeine can only do so much. In fact, caffeine can actually crash and burn our adrenals and make us even more tired. So at some point, we have to look at the root causes of our fatigue. It turns out that two major factors in low energy are chronic stress and a lack of nutrition. Organifi creates delicious superfood blends that address both of these problems. They use adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms, which we know I am a huge fan of over here at TBB, to help balance cortisol levels associated with stress. And they make it easier to add more nutrients into your day. You simply mix a scoop into water or the plant-based milk of your choice and enjoy a natural boost at any time of day. They are USDA organic, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, vegan, non-GMO, clinically proven, and 100% organic whole food. I am such a fan of all things Organifi, and I know that you will love. 
So when you head to their website, you can shop all of their different products. And of course, we have a special deal for you because here we are at TBB. Of course, we have a special deal. And also when you go to this link, you'll see this cute landing page with a photo that they pulled from my website. I actually love the way that it turned out with all of my favorites. So you can go to Organifi.com slash balanced and use the code balanced for 20% off all products. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash balanced for 20% off all products. There you will see their Organifi gold pumpkin spice, their green juice, their immunity, their harmony, so many amazing products, as well as their brand new product, Organifi Glow. I know you guys will love it. Use that code balanced at organifi.com slash balanced and tag me on your Instagram when you try. So then how did you make the jump from working there to then creating this brand, which is such, such a huge deal and takes so much belief in yourself and so much inner strength to say, I'm going to do this. Thank you. Yeah, it was one of the hardest things because I had this job that was very good on paper, especially, you know, in New York working in finance. It it fed my ego. It made me feel smart and accomplished and I also felt very almost like trapped in it because I felt that the world would see me as not being able to cut it, not being able to handle the stress if I left. And then there was this whole other sort of social dynamic where I would share what I wanted to do with people, which sounded crazy. Like I want to leave Goldman Sachs to start a B product company. And people are like, what does that mean? Uh, So I didn't have a lot of support. I had a lot of people actually discouraging that jump and it was already a very scary jump. So what I, what I had to do in that situation was just kind of close my eyes and trust myself. And, uh, I ended up, I went to, I quit my job, went to Southeast Asia. I had to get away from all of the different opinions about what I was doing because people thought I was like blowing up my life. And I, I put my head down and just started working on my business plan. I spent a lot of time meditating and a lot of time in solitude in Southeast Asia. And I came back, that was in mid to late 2016. And I came back 2017 with a full business plan and just like a lot of clarity. And I really just got to work. Wow. So what was the first product that you created? Propolis. I have it next to me. Propolis. (laughs) Propolis. I know. I'm so jealous because here I am with my sore throat and recovering from this cold. I'm like, I just, I just need this right now. Yeah. I mean, Propolis for me, it's so for me, so foundational with my health because I haven't had tonsillitis since 2012 and I don't struggle with the weak immune system that I once did. It's just, it's become something that I use every single day. And so for me, that was like the natural first product to come out. Mm -hmm. Totally makes sense. And when you started, was it just you or did you have anybody helping you? It was just you. It was just me. I was sourcing the products from my mentor. Out, my mentor out in BC. And I had a bunch of lab equipment in my studio apartment. And I was making products, putting them in a bag and going to farmers markets and pop-ups and places like that and selling them. That's so cool. So you started at the farmers markets and locally. Yeah, very much. And that was actually an amazing experience because I had this 
this direct interaction with my customer base. And I was getting customer feedback in real time. And because it was just me and just me making the products, I, I was able to iterate and just like really listen to what people wanted and create that. Mm-hmm. And then how did you end up scaling up from there? Cause that was just four or five years ago. And here we are, you're in all of these stores, like this huge company. So what was that jump? Like, how did that happen? It was actually pretty organic. So I started, I was at the farmer's market and I started to have like my regulars and, um, soon people were, you know, sharing their healing stories and people were using the propolis all the time. And they wanted me, they wanted to send it to their sister-in-law in Chicago or their friend who is struggling with a weak immune system or, you know, and so they started asking me to send all these places. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to set up a website. So I set up a website. And at that point I recruited my best friend who now is working as chief of growth at our company. And he at the time was a M&A lawyer and I had him help me with um, all the NPN approvals to start off and then just sort of setting up the company. And I set up this website and I started to have meaningful sales. And from there, I was like, I can't keep doing this in my apartment and I need to actually set this up. And so what I did was I literally went on LinkedIn and stalked different people and asked a million people to have a conversation with me. And I learned about things like co-manufacturers and all of these, you know, different tools that are necessary to scale. And then I went out and I raised some money and I just kept doing it. And this is still like the method I use today. Maybe I'm not stalking people on LinkedIn, but I'm looking around me at things and people that I really admire and finding my own way of recreating that. Mm -hmm. And how big is your company now? How many people? I have 37 people right now. And we are sold all across. We're sold nationally at Whole Foods. We're available at Sprouts, Target, of course, Amazon and our website. But we have, you know, a really great following at the store level. Erewhon, of course, my favorite. I don't leave Erewhon when I'm in LA. I actually really miss it. (laughs) I know. I live there. It's, It's a problem the best problem to have just, they have everything, everything. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're pretty widely distributed and I have this incredible team that I'm so lucky to have that is still growing and yeah, we're, we're continuing to create, we have a bunch of new products that we're working on right now and, um, some exciting things that are going to be launching over the next few months. So I'm very excited to share. I can't wait to see what it all is. I can't wait to try it. You know, I'm such a fan of the products that you have. So something that I'm so interested in is, did you always dream of being a CEO and a founder? Because I feel like it's so different sometimes having the dream of the company that you want to create versus like the passion for running a team and building a team and managing people. Is that something that you found like a natural transition for you or is it, has it been harder? It's so different. You're, you're very right to bring this up because it is so different. I always had the dream of creating this, really the dream of solving my own, of solving my health issues. And then from there it was, do others share this, these issues? And is there something better I can find and, and, 
help other people with, but I, I always had a dream about the thing. Um, not so much being the CEO, but what I've learned being a CEO and it's a lot of work and it's certainly not glamorous. I feel like we watch, we listen to like how I built this and, you know, see all these like amazing things about companies that are just like shooting up. Um, but it's, it's a ton of work and it's certainly not glamorous, but something that really fills me up is growing my team like getting to see people work towards their goals. So a conversation I have with every new person that joins my team is what's your long-term goal? Like what is your ideal? And it does not have to be at this company. It can be starting your own. It can be being at leapfrogging to a much bigger organization. It can be whatever it is. I just ask for complete honesty because I like to think of beekeepers as a place where people can can really gain the tools to help them get wherever they want to go, whether it's here or somewhere else. And that's something that really fills me up. So that combined with how our customers respond to our products are the two things that just keep me going. And that uh, the team aspect is a foundational part of being a CEO. So it is something that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet your days of working in banking helped with that just to kind of have you know, the lingo of like working at a company and all that kind of stuff. I say this because I'm kind of the opposite. I, you know, started as an entrepreneur. So I've never been in the traditional setting of a big company, but I do have a team, even if it's small and working with them. And sometimes I just laugh at myself because I just operate like such a solo creative type. And you seem like a very natural CEO, even though I totally understand that you created this based off of health reasons and finding a gap of something that really needed to be created. And it's so interesting blending those two worlds. So I love what you just said, because I think this is the beautiful thing about being a CEO or a creator or you know a founder or whatever it is. I think the most important thing, and this is something I'm learning because I think I tried to be a perfect CEO and be the businesswoman and be the girl boss. And there are parts of me that very much are that. And there are parts of me that are very much not. And I think what it comes down to is respecting who you are in your workflow and then building the right team around you. So if you know that you're more of a creative and you like to kind of work solo, you can be an incredible CEO and founder. You just need to make sure that the skill sets of your team work really well with that type of personality and workflow. And, and that has been like a huge learning for me. Mm -hmm. So do you consider yourself a creative type or more of the other, other side of the brain? I think I am more of a creative. I mean, I can, I'm quite analytical and I've certainly done that, but I'm not necessarily happy doing that. Mm -hmm. It's something that, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make me as happy as like really just like on my own kind of creating and then bringing that to the team and, you know, getting input and just co-creating something amazing. So I think that's something that I've learned to embrace, but early in my career, especially, you know, I was at Goldman Sachs on the trading floor. It was a very different environment. And I tried to like squish that part. And I tried to be this like super analytical numbers person. And um, I played that role until it completely exhausted me because it was very inauthentic. Mm -hmm. And yeah, now it's about just 
making sure that because I have that tendency to want to people please and be the best and be this like ideal of a CEO that I'll never be. So it's about really having that dialogue with myself about what is going to fill me up and what, and like from that place I can give the most. And how do I just be honest with my team about where I'm at and what I need? And sometimes that's like, guys, I don't understand what you're talking about. And other times it's guys, we need to shift the conversation over here. Cause I'm seeing something really different. And like, I think, you know, this might be something to explore versus this traditional way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. So it's just about understanding who you are and then playing to your strengths again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such good advice. I love the way you put it because I think some of us creative types can tell ourselves I wouldn't be a good CEO, you know, because that's just not the way that my brain works. But it's so good to remember that's not true. None of these limiting beliefs are true. We can all do it. There's just so many different ways to approach business. Exactly. Exactly. And there's no like good stuff or bad stuff or, or, you know, the business stuff or the fluffy stuff. I feel like when I was in finance, I heard people speak that way. And now actually running a business, not, not just like working in finance and looking at businesses, every single skill set and every single perspective is so important, at least at my business. Like we could not make the goal without the very creative types and the very analytical types and every type in between. And, and that's what we look for. And that's what I look for as I build my team, mm-hmm. just different perspectives and yeah. Such good tips. So back to the bees, because I know you have such a passion for the bees and that's how this all started. Tell us more about, I know you treat the bees so differently than like basically anyone else. That was something that blew me away when you and I first talked on the phone earlier this year. So let's talk about that. Tell us all about it. Yeah. So that first experience I had with the organic propolis that I had full body, head to toe hives from using, um, that sort of awoke a monster in me of like becoming a major bee advocate, but it was really understanding the, the role that bees play in our world. So a lot of people don't know this, but one third of our food supply is bee pollinated. So things like apples, blueberries, almonds, even coffee is partially bee pollinated. If we lost the bees, we would not be able to grow a lot of these crops and certainly not grow them at the rate that we do. And in addition to that, if we lost, if we lost these crops, we have to like hand pollinate or create some sort of way to pollinate them, um, which would create a lot of inflation. And all of a sudden an apple will cost, you know, way more than it should. So, and that's just like looking at our food supply, losing the bees would really alter our food supply. Like we just wouldn't be able to grow fresh fruits and vegetables And then bees also pollinate a ton of just wild flowering plants. So the ripple effects of losing the bees would hit our ecosystem in a massive way. Like other creatures feed on these plants. So bees, so without the bees, we would be losing a huge amount of our food crops of our fresh fruits and vegetables and flowering plants and other flowering plants that other creatures rely on. So they're kind of like the pillars when we look at our entire ecosystem And I know that there's so much going in our world today and there are so many problems to solve, but if we lost the bees, we can't, we wouldn't come back from that, you know, just accept like having access to fruits and vegetables and flowering plants. It would just, our world would look very different without them. 
And so it's really important that we champion them. And I think there's a few different things affecting the bees, but one of the biggest issues is pesticides. Uh, so that's what we talk a lot about at my company. And so we do pesticide-free beekeeping. All of our bee products are third-party pesticide tested. We're actually the only bee product company that practices third-party pesticide testing. So like all of our bee products before they go in the bottle or jar or whatever, we look, we test for every pesticide toxin and pollutant in accordance with Health Canada, which is even more rigorous than the U.S. And only when they come back, like very, like we've seen that it's very pure and clean, do we use those products. So it helps us from a product quality side because, you know, our customers know that they're getting something really pure. But from a sustainability side, what that means is we're able to create pesticide-free environments for bees. And it's been really interesting to see how the bees thrive over time when you eliminate pesticides. So contrary to population trends, our bees have actually grown and multiplied year over year. And because we're committed to pesticide-free, it makes it really challenging for us to do our work. So we work, we have an international sourcing model. We work with beekeepers all over the world. We have beekeepers in Spain. We do a lot of work in Brazil. We do a ton of work in Canada. And basically what, what my team and I spend time doing is looking across the entire globe and trying to find clean green space with no pesticides. And something that is really challenging because I live in the U.S. and a lot of my team is in the U.S. is that we haven't been able to do a lot of work in the U.S. because of how pesticides are used here. So, you know, that's something that I'd really like to see change is just the use of pesticides. And I think, you know, even in our own homes, people don't realize that they're using pesticides on their front lawns and they have their kids and their animals walking around on it. And there's these are little things that we should all be aware of. But um, I think just the conversation around pesticides, specifically neonicotinoids is one that people need to start thinking about a little bit more because it's certainly affecting the creatures on this earth. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about CBD. You guys know how I feel about CBD. I'm such a fan and I'm also extremely picky about the CBD that I use. You probably know there are countless CBD products on the market right now. I feel like there are probably tens of thousands at this point. And I only use and I'm super loyal to Cure Nutrition for multiple reasons. One, because they are so pure and so potent and I trust where they source their ingredients from. Everything is sourced and made in Colorado. And I'm also such a fan of the founder, Joseph Sheehy, who's been on the podcast. He is an expert in not only cannabis and CBD, but also just in natural healing. He healed himself naturally from severe depression, which is something that we talk about in the episode that we did together. And he created Cured Nutrition, which now is a line of CBD, adaptogens, and mushrooms. And there's so many wonderful, wonderful healing aspects of all of those products. On their website, you can shop by Perform, Balance, Recover, CBD, bundles, pets, etc. So of course, I also shop for Hudson, my cat who loves his cat CBD, the pet CBD. And then I personally use the pain salve every single day. They also have a lot of new products right now, which you can find at carednutrition.com. 
but I will always be a fan of the nighttime raw CBN oil. It's one of the only things that helps me sleep with this crazy insomnia that I have. And of course, the Aura and the Zen, which you guys know are some of my favorite cured nutrition products. So you can use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E for 10% off. Go to curednutrition.com. Use that code BLONDE. Tag me on your Instagram stories when you try. And I can't wait to hear what you think. You can also go to curednutrition.com slash blonde. And as always, let me know when you try the product and tell me what you think. Now let's get back into this episode with Carly. So neonicotinoids, that's the first time I've ever heard that word. What are those found in? So I'll give you a little pesticide 101. So do you remember in 2006 when we were seeing these terrible images of like birds dying and it was DDT. Mm-hmm. So when DDT was taken out of the game, the new pesticide that was brought in was something called neonicotinoids. This is the most common class of pesticides used in the US. Now in other parts of the world, these pesticides have actually been banned. So a lot of places in Europe have banned these. Um, in Canada, there's a partial ban. There's been momentum in other parts of the world to not use these pesticides. And that's why we work in some of these geographies. But they're very, it's the most common class used in the US and it can be used, it can be sprayed on the plants or sometimes the seeds are dipped in it and it grows through the plant. So it's literally like in the vascular system of the plant and they're in, it's a neuroactive substance. And so when the bees feed on these flowers that are covered in this pesticide, it distorts their spatial reasoning and it's very harmful for them. They, they lose their ability to find their way home and they really lose their ability to function with that. So that's what it's doing to the bees. We have no idea what it's doing to us over the long term. I don't imagine it's great for us, but it is, it's certainly harming the bees and we can't afford to lose the bees because we need them to create our food supply. Mm. Oh, it's so scary. So scary. Pesticides, so freaking scary. More people are having this conversation though. And like, It's been interesting for me because our customers are starting to understand that us doing the pesticide free is not just about the product quality, but it's about the environment, which is amazing. But at the sourcing level, like when I started, I would go find beekeepers and I would be like, okay, well, as long as your hives are located in a five mile distance away from other farms, because bees will forage for a five mile radius and all this, and they're looking at me and they're like, that's not going to happen. Like farmland is spread out and occupied and coveted. Um, but more and more, and I'm seeing this a lot in Europe and in Canada, people will reach out to me and be like, come audit our apiary. We're literally in the middle of nowhere in the Rocky mountains. We use no pesticides. We have a five mile range of clean ground. Um, so that's like the max distance, really the bees will fly to forage. Uh, and more and more people are starting to set up their apiaries and their hives in a sustainable habitat away from pesticides, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So basically what you're saying is the U.S. is not the best for using pesticides and it's, it shows, it shows in our, in the health of the, of the majority, the vast majority of people who live here. And it's really sad. So it's not everywhere. There are some parts of the U.S. that are I don't know about parts as a whole, but I know some incredible sustainable beekeepers in the U S that are able to find clean ground. And yeah, I don't want to 
overstate it, but it is really, it is really tricky. And I hope that, you know, at the consumer level, people start demanding for, you know, more action to be taken to regulate these pesticides and and maybe ban them in some places. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's important work. It's good that you're talking about it and getting this out in the open for people who don't know. I mean, I felt like I had a crash course in that type of thing when I got really sick with Lyme because I realized there are chemicals everywhere, whether they're pesticides or chemicals in our home cleaning products, like so many toxins in the air. And it taught me so much. I feel like I did a life overhaul the last five years to the point where I come home and my housekeepers are here who help us out once a week. And, you know, if they bring someone new and they're using something that I've, I've usually just have them use what we have here. Um, I'm like, no, my God, you can't spray this in our house. Like I'm pregnant. I'm allergic to everything. And, and they asked me why they, you know, recently said to me, I've never heard this from anybody else. So I was able to explain that to them and talk about this. Working with these products all day, they're getting the most exposure. I know. I know. And it concerns me, everything from hair dye to home products. I mean, this is a whole conversation in itself, but it shows up everywhere from farming to beekeeping to right here in our homes. But it's so amazing the way that you guys do things at your, at your company and the way that you take care of the bees. That makes me happy too. Thank you. One of our taglines is naturally sourced, obsessively tested. And like, if you can't tell how obsessed I am with like highest quality, cleanest, best absorption, all that stuff, like, you know, my team works very, very hard to create very effective, best in class science-based products, but doing so using tools from the hive and tools from mother earth and, you know, things that it doesn't have to be like nature or science. We can look for scientifically validated, amazing, nourishing, natural ingredients. And that's, you know, what we work to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. It definitely shows. So something else that I want to talk to you about, we've had a mutual shared experience um, with beautiful plant medicine, and I know it changed my life. We talked before and after you had a very beautiful ceremony. So whatever you're willing to share with us about your plant medicine experience, this is the audience to talk about it with. That's for sure. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you again for speaking to me before because I was unsure and, you know, it's, it's a big step to take and you were so comforting and really like a part of me readying myself to do it. So I'm very, very grateful to you for that. I had a really, I've done it twice now. I've had two, two different times where I went to sit and I had a really beautiful experience both times. It wasn't totally beautiful the first time. It was very, very hard. But I, I looked at everything. Like, you know, for me, what that plant medicine, that experience with plant medicine was, was exploring the confines of my mind. It's just like, how can I look at everything? And I want to live my life in a way where I'm always, I'm, I'm always working on self, on myself. Like I, you know, I think we're here to grow and to the extent that I can seek self-improvement and transcend my bad habits and patterns and limiting beliefs. Um, I'm all about that. And I think plant medicine can be a real path forward. For me, I really struggle with anxiety. I always have. It's, you know, likely going to be a part of my life in some way. 
But when I had my experience with plant medicine, I, I looked kind of at, I looked at all the anxiety and like at one, and it was scary and tough and all the things I was scared of. And then at one point I started laughing because I was like, being scared is a choice. Worrying is the choice. Like, you know, there's, we have so much more agency than we realize, but we move through life and through things quickly. And we have all of these preconceived notions and these ideas about how things are, or how things should be. And they're, you know, very much based on our experience in childhood and how the world responded to us and our parents responded to us. And, you know, we get really caught in what we know about the world and plant medicine can be a great way to unknow all of those things that aren't necessarily supportive for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Such a good way to put it. So beautiful. I totally get it. I totally get what you're saying. And it's so amazing to bust past those limitations in our mind. I had something kind of similar that reminds me on the medicine. At one point I was feeling really scared and worried that I was going to have a panic attack because I too have a lot of anxiety. And that is one reason why I've sought out these plant healers in my life. And I was so scared. So I went outside, was pacing back and forth, just hoping that the movement would make sure that I didn't have a panic attack. And then the shaman came out to check on me and I just started laughing hysterically. And he was like, what's going on? And I said, I was really scared, but I'm not anymore. And for, it was just so funny to me in that moment, because I just realized exactly what you said. We create these stories in our heads and we create, we have so much more power than we know. We create our fear and our anxiety and we create our reality. So that was a powerful moment for me because I realized, okay, I'm actually so much more powerful than this. And like, yes, I was very scared and that was very real. And I had to move through that. And now I remember how powerful I am. And that was just, you know, one tiny part of the whole weekend, but it was a big, a big thing. It was really interesting for me to think about how these ideas we have, they're almost like conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Like we have these ideas, and even if they can be really painful and limiting to us, we want to prove them right. Like there's mm-hmm. some part of us, it's like, I don't know if it's like, I've spent so much energy worrying about this. I want to prove it out or, or it's like, I don't know what part of us that is, but we get so caught up in worrying about one thing. And in that worry, like we, we almost like we're looking for something that isn't there and just surrendering and letting go is really all you need. And plant medicine really like fast tracked that perspective for me. Yeah. I mean, they say it's like 10 years of therapy in one weekend for many people or lifetime of therapy in my case, I think, because it was just so profound And I'm so happy that you had that experience. Makes me very happy when people go and are open to these really brave experiences. It's hard. Like you said, it's not necessarily beautiful at first. It's very, very deep and it takes a lot of courage. So I'm very happy that you, that you had that experience. So I want to ask you some of the questions that I ask everyone who comes on the show, starting with, do you know your sun rising and moon signs? I don't know my moon or my rising. I know that I'm an Aries sun. My mom does not remember my time of birth. She's told me two different times. So I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that gets hard. 
yeah, you got to get your birth certificate wherever it is. You know, I'm going to find that, but I'm, I'm very Aries. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I see it. I read about it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think if I was going to guess your sign, that's what I would guess. What's your birthday? April 18th. Oh, nice. Good day. What is your spiritual practice? Like, do you meditate or do you do anything specifically? Yeah. I do a lot of things. Journaling is a big part of my practice. I spend a lot of time journaling. Um, I meditate. I did. I don't know if you're familiar with the Hoffman process, mm-hmm. but I and yes, yeah, so I, I did the Hoffman process and their their quad check, which is really like a daily check in with the different aspects of yourself: your emotional self, intellectual self, your body, and your spiritual self. I do that every day, and I feel like. I definitely feel it when I don't do these things. These, these are all really incredible tools for me. So, and I'm also just always exploring. I mean, plant medicine is a very spiritual experience for me as well. So I'm always looking for, you know, new ways to connect. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Who are some of your teachers and mentors? I have the most amazing coach, Jessica Winterstern. I've been working with her for a while and she's, kind of like a spiritual guru for me. And then I, I'm fortunate to have a lot of mentors and I really learn from my loved ones. I'm, I'm really lucky to surround myself with people who aren't necessarily in the business world, but have really incredible perspectives and who are great creators. And I lean on them in a big way. Mm-hmm. Love it. Who is your inspiration? I mean, my partner is certainly an inspiration for me. He's, I, I just watch the way that he works and looks at the world and in looking at his health challenges, I often will, you know, one of the products we're coming out with, it's my partner has had a lot of issues with gut health and that kind of informed something that I'm working on right now. And then all of my friends, I mean, our, our be smart brain shots, I'm looking at it. Cause like I have it right in front of me because I obviously took it before we started recording my best friend had a really serious concussion and this product was built for his concussion recovery. And then I started using it and I was like, oh my gosh, it helps me focus in a big way. And it's, you know, I was trying to cut caffeine and this is just like what I use to kind of get in the zone. So a lot of my products are built from hearing the pain points of loved ones and also hearing, you know, pain points in my customer base. So I'm just really inspired by anyone around me who has struggled who struggled with something in the health world. And when I hear about it, I, I like to, I bring it back to my team and I'm like, how many people do we think are struggling with this? And can we do some research on what that looks like? And that's kind of how building products goes for me. So I'm inspired by everyone on their different healing journeys. Love it. I love that so much. If you were a color, what color best represents your energy? It's either green or yellow. <laughs> I could totally see that. I mean, yellow, the bees, hello. And then green is like the outdoors as well as many other things. So beautiful. And then what's on the horizon for you and the brand you mentioned, there's some new products coming out soon. Yeah, we're working on products for us, our product pipeline. Like we work so hard and spend so much time in testing before we bring something to market. So we have something that we've been working on for a few years now that I'm, it's like, I'm so excited to share it. Um, and everything, it's funny, like everything we make because we spend so much time 
building it and testing it and, you know, sampling it and all these trials by the time we're actually like ready to bring it to market, I'm like, ah, so, um, I have a few things that are coming to market that I've just been really focused on that. I just can't wait to share. So on the horizon, so look out for the new beekeepers products coming your way. And then it's also just expanding our reach, making us more accessible, launching in new stores, new geographies, just sharing what we're doing. Fantastic. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what it all is. And then on your personal horizon, you're getting married next year, the world allowing, we hope. Yeah. And that's really exciting. Yes. And I don't know if I was, before we started recording, we were talking about having to change my wedding date. And I'm sure so many of the listeners have had to do that so many times in the past few years. And so that is on the horizon but i'm also just like happy to be in love and so whenever that happens that happens and just continuing to focus on my love over the next year (laughs) such a good outlook because that's what it's about it's not necessarily about the ceremony or the marriage as beautiful as the ceremony will be it's about the love that's what it's always about so that's amazing Yay. Well, I'm excited for you whenever that day comes. And thank you so much for being here. And this was so fun, so informative. I'm so happy that we got to talk about the bees and your brand that I've been using for years, ever since I stumbled across it at Erewhon a while back before we before we personally got connected. So this was amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode with Carly. She is such a phenomenal guest, someone who I've learned so much from about everything from beekeeping to business to natural healing. I feel like she is a CEO to keep our eyes on. She's so authentic and she's also so driven. She reminds me of talking to a scientist in a way because she's so knowledgeable and also someone who's so down to earth. I love all of our mutual passions for healing, for alternative wellness, for plant medicine. And I really want to commend her for talking about plant medicine on the show because some people like me just, you know, we are open books. I talk all about plant medicine. I see a future in plant medicine for myself, but a lot of people don't. They have plant medicine experiences and they don't like to share openly about them because there there can be some judgment in the world from people who don't understand. So I just want to really thank Carly for for trusting our audience and opening up about her experience and I just can't wait to spend more time with her we have so many mutual friends and I'm so happy to have her now in the TBB family so thank you so much for listening if you feel inspired to rate and review the show on iTunes send me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancebond.com so I can thank you by sending you my free yoga ebook I want to thank our sponsors for today's show Organifi code balanced for a discount we love Organifi you gotta try everything they're phenomenal and also thank you to cured nutrition code blonde best CBD out there thank you guys so much for listening and I hope that when I'm back next week and I believe that when I'm back next week my cold will be completely gone and my normal voice will return so bear with me you guys are patient I love you guys so much and I hope everyone has a soul on fire day we'll talk soon